It's time for the Midwest Outdoors with Fred Ramsey and Mark Tobin. Brought to you by Reed Chevrolet, the Hearing Connection in St. Joe, the Sports Medicine Store, and Sportsman's Outfitters and Marine. Now, here are Fred Ramsey and Mark Tobin. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition, exciting edition, I should say, of the Midwest Outdoors. I'm basking in the aura of my co-host. Mark Tobin is in the studio. He's got this glow about him. He's just an upbeat, nice guy, and it's fun <laughs> to be in here with him on Saturday. Besides that, he's one of the best fishermen ever walked the face here. <laughs> and I am sporting, see that right there, that little mark? Uh-huh. That's the first mosquito bite of the year. Oh, well, cool. That's a good sign, isn't it? First freaking day of February. Are you kidding me? I was uh, down at my lake house doing a little work on our cabin down there, and we had a bonfire, uh, uh-huh. what is that, Thursday night. And I thought there was a few midges flying around my head. I thought, well, you know, it's a warm day. Yeah, we had a little midge hatch or yeah. something. And then one of them landed and bit me on my on my thumb, and it was a friggin' mosquito. Oh. You get a couple of warm days and the mosquitoes are out already. Are you kidding me? Long way from your heart, young man. You'll be fine. (laughs) You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. But there's still some ice out there. You know, I when I was up we were up goose hunting the other night and, uh, and I came home I hit bugs on the windshield. Really? Yeah, and I went, "Wow, you know, that's a very unusual for this time." You of know, year. all of the the sub-zero weather that we yeah. had, I guess we had a blanket of snow to insulate everything though, but you'd think with all that cold weather, some of those bugs might have adios, but now you get a few warm days and there they are. Yeah, they are. Mother nature at its finest. Yeah, we had flies yeah. getting in the house and Yeah. Like uh, spring, just, felt like spring, and seemed like uh, spring as far as the buds, buds it, go. It'll change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes. Go back the other way. Just yeah, you Don't bet. get too antsy about it. <laughs> no, uh, right. But, you know, it really isn't. It's not that far away. You're going to hear some turkey gobbling. You're going to hear uh, uh, some crappie being caught on the bank. Yep. You know, you're going to hear some guys after some wild invasive mushrooms. It springs right around the corner. And it, it gets here in a hurry. And I, I can tell the difference in the daylight. Yeah, you know, it's, it's getting it's longer. Longer, well, longer. Well, and when I came into the studio this morning, I could hear some robins chirping out there. Oh, really? That's definitely a sign of spring. Uh, definitely. Yeah. But again, you know, we got a long way to go. Yeah. It, it'll change this month. Sometimes, it always does. Sometimes February is a bear cat. And we'll probably know? get some freezing rain or yeah. some more snow or something. Last year, you know, during turkey season, I think it was like the 24th, I had my deer hunting clothes on. It was frosty and cold. It was 29 degrees, and I sat out there on the ground trying to look like a turnip. And I thought, well, what, what am I doing here? This, <laughs> yeah. this is crazy. And, uh, but the turkeys were goblins, so you had to stay. Yeah. You know, I, I I should never admit this, but I did. I, I, I crippled a gobbler. I've never, ever, well, not ever, I guess. I've missed some, but I, I just, it still bothers me to this day. Yeah. Such I've, a big, beautiful bird. Had him cold turkey. Why? I guess I was just so cold. The only thing I know, uh, give me an excuse. Which is terrible, but I it was just a little opening. I thought if he comes in that opening, I'm going to croak him, and he stepped right in the opening, and I shot low. I think mm-hmm. you know, uh, and then the gun jammed, of course. Oh, yeah, naturally. And, uh, naturally, <laughs> I think I would have croaked him on the second shot, but you know, it was just I just don't like that. Yeah. So the next spring gobbler that I called in. I let him hang around until it was so close that there was nothing looked like a pound of hamburger come off his head, you know. <laughs> but, um, well, you just, oh, I just hate that. You know, I just absolutely hate that. And that bird was right. He was 25 yards, you know, uh, shooting a good turkey load. 
And I don't know. I think I was just so darn cold. I'd sat there for an hour and a half on the ground, you know, working that bird. I uh, only excuse. If you're going to have an excuse, I guess maybe that would be it on the deal. But uh, yeah, boy, I hate that. Yeah, don't can't beat yourself up over it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we we want to as clean and quick a kill as you can. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it'll bother you for sure. Yeah, it does. I don't care who you are. And if you hunt turkeys long enough, you're either going to miss one or cripple yeah, one out, absolutely. you know, on the deal. And I've been very blessed over the years. But, boy, I tell you what, that, that to this day, I just I wake up thinking about that turkey a lot. <laughs> and it just bothered me. It was a nice old bird with a big beard, probably a 22, 24-pound bird, you know. And he had about seven, eight girlfriends with him. and. And the boy, I was going to out of his career. Well, I didn't do it. You know, he got away from me. Mm-hmm. The deal. I, I, I don't know. I don't. It's kind of like the fish that gets away. You know, you get him up to the net, and all of a sudden he throws the hook, and away yeah, he goes. But the hook was down in its throat, yeah. and you yeah. damaged him. <laughs> yeah, and then you got to, you know, you're gonna, he's gonna die. Yeah, you know, on the deal. That's part of it, I guess. Yeah. On the deal. So, did you get my pictures of our our black goose hunt? I did. It I went dead. Why do I? Can you hear me? Oh, oh you're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Don't worry, Mark. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Want to hear you anyway. It is. It is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is up on our Facebook page. Is it? Yes. Didn't that picture come out? I mean, it was. It was really a good picture you of that and Chris. sunset in the background. Yeah. And it was such an enjoyable hunt. And, uh, the birds worked like champion. Uh, the wind was a little bit wrong, you know, for us to get a good lick on them, but uh, they were coming in on the back of us, and you can't, they're not a very good blind to shoot backwards out of from time to time. But boy, I tell you what, it was fun. I just, we just, me, there were three of us, me and Chris and Scott Croner, who was at Squall Creek Gun Club. And we got out there in that pit, and, and it was nice for me at 72 years old. They came and got me on a four wheeler, or, you know, a, and took me out to the pit. I like treated me like I was royalty. Oh, so this wasn't your your no. Uh, this was another <laughs> club uh, about a mile and a half, two miles south of my club, and uh, they just you know all the decoys were set, which was usually I'm you know the one, and and all the decoys were floating. The water was pumped up, and all I had to do was load the gun and sit well, down. That's unusual. Yes, and I <laughs> you just, could get used to that. Yeah, I sure could. And, uh, <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking about that. You know, you pay these guys. <coughs> excuse me. Still got that little cough. You pay these guys to come goose hunt with them. And regardless of what happens, there's days. It's just like fishing. Yep. There's days. It's just they don't the, play. The magic doesn't work. Yep. But you sit there and you think about it. And, and, you know, I used to guide a little bit, and people tend to whine. You know, you have some days that the, there's just not bird in the air. Yep. You know, and people are paying good money. And so. they're paying good money, and but they don't realize, you know, you got. You know, several thousand dollars worth of water pumped up. You've got decoys at $25 a piece. You know, you got the maintenance on the pit and the heaters in the pits. and A lot of work. A lot of work. And overhead. And yeah. a lot of overhead. And, and I'm sorry that it doesn't work out. It should, according to the manual. <laughs> you should have a good day here. That's just you know? not, no different than fishing, too. I, I took a uh, client one time years and years ago, and it was a uh, we set the date, you know, way in advance. And he shows up, and we go, and it was swatting mosquitoes type day. And we probably saw, you know, a few hundred birds, and that was it. And it hardly put one on the decoy. I think we killed one or two birds. And he wanted his money back. Huh. And I don't blame him. You know, I'm not mad at him about it, you know. So, you know, it's 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 that thing with guide service is that, you, you know, do you – 
make them come back another day free, you know, or, you know, but it's still the You cost still got is, all your costs and yeah, effort. It's, it's and all You out need there. to be compensated and, for that. Yeah, you know, when uh, and these guys here, like, I don't know what they had out. I suppose about a thousand decoys of uh, snow goose decoys, but uh, it was just, you know, you think about that. You know, the, some of them were flags and they're five bucks a piece, four bucks a piece. And uh, floating decoys are $25 a piece, and you know, have 50 of them out there. And so you finally realize that, you know, boy, this is an awful lot of money going out the door. And we were lucky. I mean, there was a migration of, of black geese coming through, or had come through, and it got kind of imprinted on the place. And he turned on the pump, pumped up, you know, about three to five acres of water. So, you know, pumped up that water. And everything, you know, expense, 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 and the thing. And we were lucky we had a good day. Right. We shot better. We had a lot better day. But uh, it was just an east wind, and, and the birds were coming in over top of the back of the blind. And it was just a little bit tough But as far as shooting goes. But we still should have had two or three more. Now then, I have to give a coup. We we shot a goose and hit him awful hard. knew he had. And he fell a quarter mile away, and the old yellow dog went and got him. Oh, good. All the way across really? the pond and clear down in the corner. And the old dog, you know, he's seven years old. And uh, he went and got him. I was so proud of that dog. It was probably the best retriever I've ever seen him make. Wow, that's awesome. But the next day, the poor old dog, he couldn't hardly walk. You know, he was sore. <laughs> Caught up now. Uh, but so we gave him some, some extra rations and some <laughs> dog biscuits and some little TLC and and uh, but uh, boy, when this dog goes, I'm really going to miss. As I get mad at him a lot because he doesn't handle good around the pit real well, you know. He has a tendency of bringing the duck up about just six inches out of reach and spitting it out. You know, <laughs> I think he does that to aggravate. Oh, us. you know it. Yeah. yeah, you know. But boy, I tell you what, it was, I, it was this dog. I've had this dog for seven years. And you've been there at our place, and and I shot a duck, and it crippled out, and it fell over by the cabin. That's all the way across the field, you know, in standing corn. And that dog was gone for 20 minutes. He came back with him. What? Uh, oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. awesome. That's great. And you know what happens when you brag on your dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do just the opposite right. next time in the deal. But that dog is, is really big, long-legged, ugliest damn dog I ever saw, you know. <laughs> but uh, I think he's brain damaged. I'm not real sure at yeah. times. Kind of like his owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he takes just on. mimics the owner. But uh, he he's really been an impressive dog. He weighs ninety some pounds. Big dog, a big old dog, and uh, too big. And uh, but it's not fat though. It's uh, just no, a big dog. no, he's just a good heart and boy, he charges. That's what his problem is. He has no on off switch. You know, he's either full tilt mm-hmm. or nothing <laughs> in the deal. And I mean, he'd take off across that water and almost walks on top of the water going, going so fast, way. you know. And the weird about this dog is is that the cornrows, instead of running down the cornrows, he'll run right over top and you'll see the ears flying up in the air, you oh. know. <laughs> Come on, dog. There's an easier way to do this, dog. <laughs> easy dog do this, you know. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, like the other day, I took him out right there at the last of duck season. We shot four mileage apiece and he put brought him to the hand and... Got back in his kennel, and, you know, it's a shame. You know, I, I think I can hunt him one more year by putting him on some meds. You know, I'm going to put you on the same meds. Too. Yeah, good. I need them. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> so you aren't stiff and sore. Yeah. So, but, uh, hey. Who's going to be our guest? We got Brad Loveless. He's the secretary of the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. And 
I was talking to them earlier this week. They've got some really exciting stuff going on in Kansas. They do such a good job oh, with, yeah. a, with a limited budget. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the Saw Guy uh, program they got going on. I guess there's some cool stuff going on with Blue Cats and Largemouth Bass. Sounds like he's got some good stuff going on there. And, of course, uh, they did, did a study on live scope and the potential damage that it could do. That would uh, be interesting. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, he's, he's very well-spoken, knows his craft. It's yeah. Brad Loveless, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sponsored by King City Lumber, kingcitylumber.com. If you need an outbuilding for your farm, your residence, or your place at the lake or whatever, these are the guys you do business with. They're the last of the straight shooters, as I tell everybody. They've uh, been building buildings now since Moby Dick was a sardine, and they are wonderful, wonderful humans. Marty Monty Tunks will not leave your residence or your place of building until you're 110% satisfied. So if you're needing an outbuilding, these are the guys you do business with. They're all master carpenters, and it is just wonderful to watch them work and see the results when they leave. Unbelievable organization. But with one thing I have to tell you, if you're going to want an outbuilding, a garage or whatever, you better be getting it ordered because it's still, they're they're back ordered right now. Uh, a lot of people using these guys are some of the finest people there are. And the word is out in the industry. So if you want quality and workmanship, first-class lumber, kingcitylumber.com. Go to their website. They'll help you design one if you need one. You can't believe this organization. They're great, great humans. You're listening to the Midwest Outdoors. We've got to take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back with you. Some people say a man is made out of mud. Poor man's made out of muscle and blood Muscle and blood and skin and bones A mind that's weak and a back that's strong You load 16 tons What do you give you guys come up with this Everybody thinks I picked out St. Peter, don't you call me Because I can't go Beckett's our board operator in training Is he drunk? (laughs) Becca, you been drinking? Only a little uh, bit. No, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> it was born one morning when the sun didn't shine. Ernest Henry Ford. Ford. Ernest Ford. Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, am I old. I remember <laughs> things like that. I remember Lawrence Welk, you know what I mean? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> hey, well, that, uh, some information I should pass along here, and I promised the guys I would. The uh, Greater Kansas City uh, Elk Banquet will be here real, real quick. Saturday, February the 24th at 5 p.m. at the Gallery Six sixty first sixty one East Fourteenth Street. Does that make sense to anybody? No. Where, what sixty one East Fourteenth Street? Is that in St. Joe? Kansas City. Kansas City. Really? Where What's is the name that? of the venue? It's called the Gallery. I've not heard of that. <laughs> I've never heard of that place. But anyway, uh, get a hold of these guys. Uh, they're selling out an awful lot of tickets. I see where Delta has sold out all their tickets in one of their banquets. They're, they're full. Give me uh, that address. One more uh, 61 East 14th Street, which I give that a little gray matter. It doesn't compute as usual, but in Kansas City, in the deal. So, well, that's I, downtown. I, it's uh, it's right not too far from the Sprint Center. Yep. That's what I kind of figured it would be. And then uh, the DU banquet. I wish somebody from DU would call me. I'd like to put them on the air um, in regards to their banquet. It's 20 days away, and that's a big, big, big banquet. So uh, if anybody's out there that's listening that's a DU person and want to talk about it before the show, we'd love to have you on as a guest. 
and have a giggle about that a little bit. So. And then March uh, 8th, 9th, and 10th, we've got the Open Season Sportsman's Expo coming back to the Overland Park Convention Center. <clears throat> One of the keynote speakers <clears throat> is right here in studio with me. Who's that? Fred Ramsey. Keynote. Is that what you <laughs> called me? I've been called worse. <laughs> so that would be worth the price of admission right there. But they, yeah, they'll have uh, several uh, speakers that will be there and uh, all kinds of booths and specials mm-hmm. going on. It's a great time to get out there. Uh, if you go online in advance, you can save a little money. A one-day adult ticket is $10, and kids uh, 12 and under are free. If you buy tickets at the door, it's $15, and kids are still free. But uh, Overland Park Convention Center, Open Season Sportsman's Expo, March 8th, 9th, and 10th. Go online, look it up. You can see, uh, get a list of all the different speakers that are going to be there and some of the vendors that will be there. Yeah. Oh, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm going to do a, a little deal about duck hunting. I don't know anything about it, but... Um, but you like it. I like it. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to lecture anybody. I'm not going to stand up and scream and holler and all this stuff. I tell you the stupid things that I do. You know, that's what it's all about is to learn. I learn something every duck season. You know, I, I don't know it all. I never will know it all. No one will ever know it all on the deal. But I'll give you some basics that uh, I think it could help you out a little bit. I do stupid things every year. I do really. <laughs> well, we all do. We all do. But anyway, that ought to be fun. I'm kind of amped up about that. That'll yeah. be uh, be fun to, yeah. to get up on stage and do that one. So uh, March the 8th, 9th, and the 10th. Yep. The Overland Park Convention Center, mm-hmm. not too far from where we are right now. You know, uh, yeah, it is just down the street. You're not yeah. too far, is it? Uh, one of our sponsors is Sure Shurag out of uh, there's Osborne, Savannah's. Four City, Plattsburgh, a lot of farmers listen to the show. This is the time of year you write checks. This is not a pleasant yeah, time right. as a farmer. you got to uh, prepay for your seed, your fertilizer, your spray. You don't have to prepay, but you should. Uh, these guys, I talked to a guy up in the river bottom the other night, and he said, you know, I've been using those guys forever and ever and ever. And he said, boy, are they good. I said, yeah, they're the best. You know, they can identify weeds. Can you identify weeds? I can. Tobin Lawn Service, no yeah. wonder. Lawn weeds. Now, some of the farm weeds are a little different animal, but yeah, yeah, I know, I know a good good bunch of them. <laughs> now you got me coughing. Now you're coughing. Now you got yeah, me gosh. coughing. All right. But anyway, uh, you guys, uh, you're going to do business with professionals. Do it with Shurag. Our buddy Bud is on the phone. Bud Gordon from the Sports Medicine Store. How are you getting people out of pain today? Stay off great. I love Tennessee Army Ford and that song in particular. <laughs> <laughs> you got a huge smile on my face to start, so thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Beckett. Uh, we do a lot of unloaded braces, Mark, that you're well aware of. You've got a few friends that probably could have used them early on before they got their total knees. Well, I rented a situation about two years ago with guys that got to be really big. I mean, really big. And I built a special one for a fellow out of Wichita, Kansas. He's going to be here on Tuesday. Imagine putting your arms around your upper legs right now and measure 32 inches. Wow. Are you with me? That's large. 30, yeah. <laughs> 32 inches. So he's so huge, he's got to take off 150 pounds before they'll put a total knee in him. He's in such pain he can't even walk to exercise. So I built this one was a prototype for him, and he put it on, and it worked. Even with a guy, this a mountain of a man, 
and it worked and unloaded his knee. So mm. I can even now, I can put one on probably an elephant and have it work. Uh, <laughs> well, so that's we can, something. We can, do, yeah. we can do almost any size you can imagine. And what the brace does, people that are down to what they call bone on bone and knees hit, hit knees and nerves hit nerves, you have lots of pain and instability. What this brace does and what it's patented to do, it actually unloads the knee compartment so bone doesn't hit bone, nerve doesn't hit nerve, you have stability, and you pretty much get around without pain until you're ready to have a total knee put in. Or a lot of people come to me, they can't have a knee put in. They have other medical issues that they can't do surgery, and they need something desperately, and all the injections no longer work. So we have the solution. It's called an osteoarthritic unloader brace. They sell for 435 bucks, the price of a couple of injections over a five-year period. And, uh, and they'll work in the first three or four or five steps. And guys that couldn't climb up on their trucks, couldn't get out of, out of a loft, couldn't go up ladders, they, they do it all now, and they do it without pain. So if you have guys out there that have been thinking about doing something and didn't know what to do for a long time, send them over to us. We're at 9738 Warren Allen, Kansas City, Missouri. We're there today from 9 to 2, and during the week from 9 to 4 in the afternoon. It takes about 25 minutes to fit them, and they leave with them without pain. So if they have any questions, Mark, you know how to get hold of us. We're at area code 816-859-5442. And if they have any questions, or their doctors have any questions, give us a call, and uh, we'd like to help them out. But we don't want anybody to buy one until they come over and try it out and make sure it works. Well, you can't beat that, and what a great option. And I know personally I've got my my doctor that I've known since I was in kindergarten and uh, my son-in-law's mother. They both have had multiple knee replacements on the same knee. They they failed. On my doctor, his has failed two times. He needs a third one. And uh, my son-in-law's mother... Uh, she is on her third one, and this is over a, a four- and five-year period. And just you talk about, well, anybody that has that bone-on-bone pain knows Boy. how excruciatingly painful this is. And uh, boy, when you've got an option like this, it just seems like it's you know a no-brainer. It, go out there and, and get one of these and try it. not obligated if it doesn't work, um, which that doesn't happen hardly ever, that it doesn't work. And if you can do that with a guy that, that is that big and that heavy, and you should be able to help anybody then. So, Mark, we've done almost 700 now in the last three years since I got approved by the FDA. Wow. I've awesome. had two. I've had two that we don't. Not sure they work. One. One. She was bipolar. The doctor said it worked great, but she said it didn't. And I had one that didn't match her golfing outfit. Believe it or not, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned a long time ago I can fix anything but stupid, and I don't even try anymore. You know? Well, and this this isn't. Uh, a real heavy t- – this is nothing like any other brace that's out there. So if people have tried other braces, this is completely different than that. So uh, another reason to give this a try. Mark, that's a great point. A lot of people, their doctors tell them to go to the drugstore, go to Walmart someplace and get one of those braces. Those were designed to unload the ACL and PCL, and they do great at that. That's what we designed them for 50 years ago. They have nothing to do with being an unloader brace. So we have people come in and say, oh, I wore a brace. They don't work. They're as different as a truck is to a jet plane. They're that different in what they have to accomplish. So come in and try an unloader brace designed to unload the knee compartment, and you'll know in three or four steps where it works for you. And we've had two maybe out of 700 that we're not sure about. All the rest <laughs> of them work the first few steps. Well, so, one, once again, it, it's Sports Medicine Thanks Store, 9738 Warnell. Phone number one more time. 816 uh, 859-5440. And thanks again for Tennessee Ernie Ford. That made my yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> made my day, too. You know. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you next guys. week. Thank you, bud. Yeah. Bye. Well, I like bud.
Yeah. You know, it, and people don't understand what he's doing. I know. You know well, it gets you out of pain. People can't get back on their farmers. I know can't get back on their tractor. Yeah, he's had farmers that just like that couldn't couldn't get in their tractor, and it was an emotional deal when he was able to get back up into it. It was yeah. an emotional thing for the for well, the. They farmer. sent a nurse down to him, and uh, her feet were that's her livelihood on her feet, and she couldn't go anymore hardly, you know. And Bud straightened her right back up. Yeah, that's with his custom insoles, which <laughs> I can't I'm get along with Adam. I can't walk barefoot. Yeah. I've got too much pain. You're kind of a wimp. Tony. I know. Right? Kind of I just, just <laughs> getting right, old. I quit. I got a trivia question here. Two eighteen B. This is, I would say, um, HSM. HSM. How'd you know that? <laughs> you, you, you know anybody that owns a two eighteen B rifle? I do not. I don't either. But they make it really for yeah. what? I don't know, but I guess for shooting gophers, it's a fifty grain bullet. They really had work on them, and they also make a two twenty one Remington Fireball with a fifty five grain Hornady bullet in it. Odd. Is there a big demand for those? No. <laughs> <laughs> two twenty Swift, of course, there might be a little more demand for that. And a two twenty two and a fifty grain Hornady V Max. These two twenty three uh, Winchester Short Magnum, they make that load. I mean, this, these guys go the extra mile for you. So if you're looking for it, you got one of those guns that Grandpa gave you, and you're looking for ammunition, HSM will probably have it. And when you get to shooting HSM, you, you, I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. I mean, they're only as good as the guy behind the gun. <laughs> In can, my case, it's... I can shoot with this. <laughs> well, this. and you didn't even mention the low impact. Yeah, and that they can almost shoot it off your lip. Yeah, you know? <clears throat> just yeah. amazing. Almost fifty percent less recoil. I mean, on that. You got a kid starting. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. You know, get him some HSM. They're available to anything. You know, great guns. Uh, they're Walmart or uh, not Walmart? Yeah, I imagine they are at Walmart. I don't know. Cabela's, Bass Pro. Uh, there's no finer ammunition than HSM. Nope. Yeah, I just love them. I, I I just can't shoot enough of it. That's all I got. Uh, we got uh, Brad Loveless going to be on there with us? Yeah, the uh, Secretary of the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. we got to take a little break. You're listening to the Midwest Outdoors. We'll be right back with Bud. Can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Here you go, Coleman. You hear that? Don't you you tell that long tongue liar. Don't tell that midnight. Hey, is Bud, uh, is uh, Sportsman's Outfitter Marine still functioning well? Yeah, as a matter of fact, they've got more boats now than they've had in a couple of years since the COVID problem happened. So this Uh, is a great time to go out and and get you a a Lund or a pontoon. And I just love pontoons, you know, especially. if you got a few people you're wanting to take out, you know the world kind of slows down. The bass boats are great, they you know, but you can't see anything. You're just going going so fast, yeah. and you, you just miss a lot. But those pontoons, are just so relaxing and nice to get out on a pontoon. Put a grill on there. Yeah, I know. Grill right? some steaks. Yep, yep. I, yeah, you can't beat it. You can't hardly beat that. And of course, if you need a, a repair on your boat, there's none better. Dave Hemme, the head mechanic out there, there's just nothing he can't fix. He did it for me when a mechanic told me. Just last year, well, it was last spring, about a year ago, 
said that my engine was blown after he just put a new engine in it, mm. a new powerhead. I had less than four hours on it. He said, well, you blew a cylinder. You're going to have to get a new engine. So I took it out to Sportsman's, and uh, by the next day, it was fixed. It was a broken plug is all it amounted to, mm-hmm. and uh, a washer that was missing on one of the one of the fuel jets. And I ran it all fall, probably put 20 more hours on it. It's never running better than it you is know, right now. I took now. mine out there. Uh, nobody could fix it. And uh, the thermostat was stuck in the motor is what it was. It yeah. was simple, stupid. But no but one else, else seemed to figure it out. Yeah. Well, but David, he's picked, he says, hey, this thermostat's bad. Hour and a half later, I'm out the door. Well, he's the best. Yeah, Sportsman's out for the Marine. They're in Belton. The last Belton exit, Cass Road. They're on the west side of 49 Highway. Check them out. And joining us on the phone right now, we're lucky enough to have the Secretary of the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks, Mr. Brad Loveless. Brad, thank you for getting up with us. How are you doing, my man? I'm good. Very good. How are you, Mark? Well, great. I, I got to talk to you. Fortunate to talk to you earlier this week. And, God, you got me all fired up. You got some You got some interesting, some exciting stuff going on over there in the state of Kansas. Um, God, I really don't know where to start. But, you know, Fred and I, we have an affinity for walleye. And you've got a. Uh, uh-huh. It's not going to be long. You're going to be collecting walleye. I mean, they're going to start moving here before mm-hmm. too long. But you've got a, a saw guy program going on. First of all, what are saw guy, and what's going on with the saw guy program? So um, saw guy are a cross between a male sawger and a female walleye, and we have uh, we don't have a lot of great saw guy. I'm sorry, sawger lakes, um, but Perry just up up. You know, just west of you guys um, is really one of our best in the whole state. So we'll collect uh, here in early March. Typically, we'll collect uh, those those male sauger and then walleye just a little bit later, and we'll and then we'll uh, combine them uh, to make sawgai. And sawgai are just a remarkable fish that we're each year. It seems like we're um, learning more and more about them. Our appreciation for them is growing. And, uh, and and it's because they do so well. They express express something we call hybrid vigor. Anytime you you um, develop a hybrid, it there, there's a vigor associated with it in terms of growth, typically that uh, that you really benefit from. And that's definitely true for saw guy. We put them in eight of our reservoirs, you know, bigger than say 1,200 acres. And then 50 small impoundments, they do really well in small impoundments. They're a great predator. They're, they're something that will really use uh, those um, those bluegill type, the cyprinids, which is, I'm sorry, the centrarchids, which is a, that, that whole family of, of bluegill, sunfishes, all those, including crappies. So if you have a, a small impoundment that has maybe a stunted population of crappie or bluegill, saw guy will really work those over and... Uh, so they're they're just a great predator, but they grow fast. They're aggressive to catch, um, and we're doing. The last thing I'll say before I quit talking about them is, uh, we've been doing a study um, where we stocked walleye and saw guy side by side, equal amounts in reservoirs. The reservoirs we picked for that are Melbourne here in the eastern part of the state, Melbourne, Pomona, and Clinton, and uh, just all just west of Kansas City. Put them in fifty fifty. And uh, the remarkable thing is that when we look in the fall, we do fall sampling, electrofishing at night, and and we're sampling those fish that are between six and ten inches at the at their first fall, 
um, after stocking them in the spring. And we're seeing in those three reservoirs between 85 and 95% of those fish we catch in the fall are sawgai. So, wow. so walleye just can't compete as much, hmm. just aren't as vigorous. So any sawgai, you should see the pictures of sawgai that they're catching out of these reservoirs. They're beautiful fish. They eat just like walleye, um, so they're delicious. And uh, if you haven't, if you're a walleye man, you need to try sawgai because you'll be impressed. Hmm. And that, you say you collect the the sawgai or the saugers a little sooner than the than the walleye. I mean yep. that sounds simple, but that. How much sooner do you collect the saugers? The oh, I'm trying to remember. I've been out with them both. Um, it seems like the sauger are typically two or three weeks earlier than the walleye. So, so how, pretty. How does that work? Um, how and, do you keep them in the, in, until you get we the walleye? Ha- we hold them. We hold them. We actually have a. If, uh, this all started up at Perry and some fish biologists. A lot of this, uh, a lot of this work is kind of cutting edge stuff. Nobody's tried it, and so our, I'm really proud of our biologists. They, they've done a lot of experimentation over time, and the, um, the biologists up at Perry have kind of perfected the, uh, their abilities to capture those sauger, and then, uh, and then you hold on to those males, and you try to get them to, to kind of slow them down um, so that they aren't ready to spawn before we get the walleyes, those ripe walleye female coming a little later. So you hold on to those saugas. You may use some some hormones to try to slow them down. You use water temperature, but also hormones to try to slow them down. And so they're synchronized, which in, in nature they wouldn't ordinarily be. Those sauger would be spawning earlier, and they'd be separated by that, that length of time. So we try to fool those sauger. Slow them down a little bit so they're ready when the walleye, you know, come around a few weeks later. Mm. Sounds like a heck of a process. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of effort. A lot of, a lot of work on they that They figured one. it out over time. If you go up to, if, if you come over sometime, I'll show you up at uh, uh, Epa Perry Reservoir. They have this old shed. It's not it's not a spectacular building at all. Uh, and they've, they uh, out on the door, they've, they've written Love Shack. <laughs> that's where they would mix the, the sauger and the walleye and the sperm and eggs to make uh, these sauger. So uh, they, they perfected over the years. They're really good at it. It's kind of a romantic place. Yeah. Uh, dim light and everything you can understand. Get the mood set. Get the mood set. We need yeah. some uh, mood music. It yeah. works. You know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. And everybody benefits. We got we got sauger across the, the state. And I'll tell you, if you aren't familiar with them, we've got an addition. We've got a Wildlife and Parks magazine that is cheap. It's like $13 for six editions. It's packed full of information about Kansas. But my favorite issue is coming up. It's the March-April issue, and it has all the big and, and medium-sized impoundments across the state and it rates them for the quality of fishing, what species it's got, and how, how the, the size and the, and the populations compare across all those lakes. So if you're a fisherman... Uh, an angler in Kansas, man or woman, you need to get that that magazine. And it's the one-year subscription is worth just getting that one if you're an angler exactly. because it's got extensive information on the state of Kansas. How do you get that? So so just come to our website, ksoutdoors.com, and you can subscribe to that, that magazine. And, uh, man, it's, it's just the neatest thing about fishing, hunting, mushroom collecting, whatever you like to do. 
in Kansas. Uh, it, it has great articles six times a year. But that get it now because that March-April edition is the one that has all the fishing data in it. I've seen some pictures from my, my buddy Brian Andreka from the Kansas Angling Experience out on Clinton, and he, he catches a lot of sawgye out there. And they're big. Uh-huh. I mean, they're just as big as the walleye. And he swears right, by right. them. Yeah, he, he just loves catching I, I, it, But the growth rate isn't the same, is it, a walleye? And the walleye it, better it, or bigger or not? Uh, wall, walleye is bigger, but, again, those hybrids experience this hybrid bigger. And so they they will grow. I was just looking uh, this week at the at the charts of the first-year, second-year growth, and typically those those um, saw guy will, will grow as fast or faster than those walleyes will. Wow. Um, they're very impressive, and they're aggressive. On uh, the, the other thing is sauger tend to be a little more aggressive to bite than, than walleye, and, you, and so you benefit from that, too. They're a little more aggressive. One of the neat things we're seeing across in these lakes where we have these is people will be fishing for, um, for crappie, bass, whatever, and, but because uh, they're aggressive and they're... Uh, uh, their survival rates, we call it recruitment, when you go from, from young and make it through that first year, we say those fish are recruited. And um, the recruitment rates are higher, like I mentioned, between them and walleye. So they're showing up. They're a bonus fish. You're fishing for crappie, and all of a sudden you catch a two- or three-pound saw guy. And uh, so they're just really a neat fish. And uh, if you haven't tried to catch them yet, Clinton's one of our great reservoirs for them, but we've got several uh, then, then you need to go after sauger. Saugers don't get that big, do they? No, they're smaller. They're still fun to catch, but they're definitely smaller. Those fish we're catching in the spring, those, those, you know, mature males, lots of times are, are, oh, I'm thinking, you know, 13, 14, 15 inches, and they can get bigger, but, but they, they just are a smaller species. And sawgai, my reading is, my understanding of sawgai, don't wash out as readily as walleye. Is that an accurate statement or not? Well, you know, I, I don't know that we can say that based on our data. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's always a problem with those um, <clears throat> those small fish, especially the fry when you stock them. Um, but we're learning some really interesting things. Uh, that's, that's been a problem. You, you, you're producing these fish in the spring. You've got to get them in these impoundments. But when they rise quickly then and have a lot of outflows, you can lose a lot of them. Mm-hmm. One of the things, if you don't mind, I'll switch over to largemouth bass because we have been doing a bunch of work. That's still the number one preferred fish across the state. We've been raising and stocking largemouth bass for, for you know, 100 years. and um, But we're learning more and more about how we stock them and where we stock them you know, that leads to better success. Um, a lot of this is kind of common sense, but we've got data now to prove it. What we've seen is um, when we uh, can can pick reservoirs to stock those largemouth in that have some freeboard that aren't plumb full, you know, with going into that stocking time, then it's not as much a threat with outflows. So particularly in western Kansas where our reservoirs tend to be lower, like last year we had some dryness out there, and so the reservoirs are low. And so when when we have good winter moisture like we've had this year, the reservoirs are starting to come up. There's still plenty of room to add more water. We stock largemouth in those, and two things are going on. One, 
the 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 rising and the flooding vegetation, um, and so that vegetation is great great place for those young of the year fish to hide. You all know that, mm-hmm. whether it's crappie or largemouth, whatever. They, the water moving up in that vegetation is a perfect place for them to hide and not get eaten. And then also there's there's enough room there that even with those rises, they uh, uh, they don't get flushed out. So so we're getting a lot better at choosing the places to stock on a given year based on those kind of conditions. And we'll make a plan. The biologists all across the state say, hey, I want I want so many largemouth bass for my lake and so many so many saw guy and so many wipers, whatever, uh, but we adjust all those based on their need for, for cover and their uh, propensity to be flushed out if you have high waters. And so we're getting a lot better at that. And the data, we then we'll, we'll, we can tag those fish in a number of ways, even those small fish. We can put them in a, a chemical bath that marks uh, the bony structure in the fish. So we can sample them, you know, a wow. year later. Wow! Tell if that's a stock fish or not. Wow! Uh, so the science is really, really getting interesting on those, and that's how you make your best decisions based on good science, of course. I don't know that I've ever really considered Kansas one of the destinations for largemouth bass fishing, but sounds like that's changing. You know, I love the smallmouth. A lot of places that you can catch a lot of smallmouth, but uh, yep. yeah, I guess if you haven't fished for largemouth in Kansas, maybe you uh, need to rethink that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. We have some good lakes. We we definitely do, and as well as smallmouth, like you mentioned. Uh, everybody's got their choices. We but we do a lot of surveys of our our um, anglers and our hunters, and sometimes people get tired of those. But you have to realize we we make our decisions based on those surveys. So if you have the opportunity to take the survey and you pass it up, then uh, then you're really not representing yourself. It's just like not going to vote uh, when when an election is up. You know, you exactly. need to cast your vote. We want to know what you think and what you prefer, and uh, and we'll make decisions based on that. What's what's happening with the blue cat population in Kansas? Oh yeah, that's that's one of one of the most dynamic things that's going on right now. They are very hot sport fish, and uh, what we're seeing now every year I talk to you, my story changes a little bit because the, our picture of them is really pretty rapidly evolving. Um, Blue cats, of course, can get to be really big. Um, 40 plus pounders are not uncommon at all. And as, as our fisheries, we've stocked them in a, a number of our lakes and, and they've taken off. Sometimes, uh, unlike something like, um, channel cats or flatheads that come on pretty quickly, blue cats can take several years, 10, 12 years before you really start to see them come around. But we're starting to see it in a bunch of lakes. Um, I don't have that magazine article in front of me right now, but, um, you know, El Dorado and Milford came on early, but now we've got them in Tuttle. We've got them in uh, a good fishery in Melbourne. Um, uh, Clinton's got them coming on. Perry's got a really good blue cat fishery. So they're coming on all these places, and the neat thing about them is they are terrific to eat. They, they mm-hmm. if you've eaten channel cat, my wife loves channel cat, but... I'm telling you, blue cat are a full step better. Yep. Um, they are they are a white, really a, a mild tasting fish, and people love them. And so, what's happening? Our produ- our reproduction is increasing to the the place where we've got this kind of split uh, kind of uh, limit on them that allows you to typically in most of our reservoirs our limits are ten fish per day, 
and you can have one over 30 inches. And so the way that works is those those fish that are that are less than 30 inches are still, you know, five, six pounds. Nice fish, great to eat. Um, and then by t- being able to take one over 30, people are, will tend to release those bigger fish, which is exactly what we want because they're long-lived. They're a trophy fishery. Lots of people don't even take them home. They want to catch that that 50 or or 60 pound blue cat. You know, take a picture of it, put it back in the lake, and enjoy it again. Those big fish tend to be aggressive, so they 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 are really susceptible to being caught on rotten reel. And uh, uh, but you want fish for the freezer to eat. Boy, those smaller mm. fish Mm-mm. take home ten of them or nine, uh, and uh, and they're delicious mm. and. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of having your cake and eating it too. Preserve those big ones that are reproducing, but take home all those small ones, which are really starting to come on and, and populate several of our reservoirs. Well, Brad, unfortunately, we have run out of time, and I have not scratched the surface with you. I I'd like to have you on here again before too long. We didn't even. I wanted to talk about the live scope and what you think is happening with that, yep. and uh, yep. also want to talk about bluegill fishing. And oh, yeah. uh, and I also like to spend some time talking about bank fishing opportunities for people in the state of Kansas. So anyway, um, sorry we ran out of time so quick. You're a great guest. You really know your craft. You got me fired up, baby. I got to go fish. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Didn't take much let's, for Mark. Let's talk. <laughs> I know. You guys don't take much convincing. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> also, the trout program's going full steam. Oh, this yeah. is the peak of the trout program, and, and uh, we've had changes to that, and we've got the research on live scope. want to share with you and your and your listeners, so we've got a lot to talk about. Well, we'll talk again soon. Can, can we get him on next Saturday? Yeah, if you're available next week. Would you be available next Saturday? I think I will be. I'll I'll make time for you guys. All All right. right. Let's make part two next week. Part two next week. We'll talk about the live scope thing. needs to be talked about. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Well, and bluegill, too. That's my favorite eating fish, bluegill. Thank you. Thank you for getting up and joining (laughs) us. That means a lot to us. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. You're a good man. Thank you, fellas. All right, We'll, We'll talk to you next week. Boy, what a right, what right. a nice guy! Yeah, and again, they do such a great job. Oh, unbelievable! For no more funding, the guy. I know, right? That, they they just you know unbelievable. Uh, we are brought to you by Reed Chevrolet, and I, I you know Mark, I do this commercial every Saturday for for the Reed family, and that's why I look at them, the family. I think I've, we're on our seventh or eighth car in the family of buying from them, but you can't believe the feedback I get off this commercial. People love those people. You know, and you go in there, and I hang out there a lot. People are laughing and giggling when they're buying a car. It used to be an intense situation, you know. Well, you know, and when we don't, we kind of downplay the the, the salesmen are non commissioned, mm-hmm. but it is a huge deal. Oh yeah, because there's no pressure on them to make a sale. Yeah, so they're just trying to help you pick out a car. Never sell you one, help yeah, you buy one. That's exactly right. That's what we always say yep. on the sale. Yep. I, I've, I've never been around, and right now the Silverado pickup's got a huge rebate. I don't remember exactly what it is in my feeble brain, but, you know, this is the time. And they've got a good selection. Oh, unbelievable. Yep. And they're just good people. Yep. You know, you do business with good people on the deal. That's the most important thing yeah. right there. Yeah, I've never been treated so kind and, and so with respect yep. as you do with Reed when you buy. I-29 Frederick. You got to go up there and do business with these people. Tell you what, that wraps it up for this edition of Midwest Outdoors. We'll get Brad on next week. We'll have part two. Yeah, yeah, sounds I good. I think that'd be great because I want to really get into this live scope thing. I, I, yeah. I, I a lot of controversy about, with it. Yes, and there should be. 
And bluegill. I, there's not a better eating fish, and I guess there's some really good things going on and in bluegill. the state of Kansas with the, the red ears, the, the hybrids. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this edition of the Midwest Outdoors. we got to go for this week. The next time we see you, I hope we see you in a great outdoors. Have a great week, and go Chiefs!